The Mayflowers are upon us, and so is the Caught Looking Show. Welcome back to the May 23rd edition of the Caught Looking Show. We got Mark, we got me, and of course we got producer Jake. We got a big show, but we are not we are not going to spend an hour and a half talking about absolute nonsense. We're going to do a nice little compact show. We're going to cover some stuff. Mark, you got anything to say in the opening? Uh, not really. No, I have not. Yeah, that, that's, that's Mark for you. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Man, a few spent, words. Uh, spent spent two weeks away, and then Mark has absolutely nothing to say. Nothing. So that's great. So we're just gonna we're just gonna get rolling. Um, there's a lot going on in baseball right now. We got the Twins going off. We'll talk about that later. We got some rookies going off. We're, we'll talk about we'll talk about that a little bit later. Biggest thing that we need to talk about right now, in my opinion, is there was a debate because we had a tweet, and the results to me were shocking almost. Yeah. We put up a tweet and said, who is the greatest pitcher of our generation? The options were Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, or other. And I think those options were very fair. I don't think that those three in any way, shape, or form. I mean, you can have a couple guys that you can put in there, but those three are the clear-cut one, two, threes. So I'm going to let you start off of who you voted for because I know you had a hot take on this. So go ahead. It's uh, the four choices that we listed, or say somebody else if you really want. Uh, no, so my, my choice, because the reason this, and I, I was the one that tweeted it because I was thinking about it because I'm going against Justin Verlander in fantasy baseball and I'm watching and I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, he is the best pitcher I've ever watched. And not just because of, you know, regular season dominance or the fact that he won an MVP and Cy Young and all that. This guy has been doing it since 2006. Like he has been around forever and it's not a long fucking time yeah and and he did have you know a two-year three-year skid where he kind of dropped off but then the you know the greatest pitchers are the ones that reinvent themselves they're the ones that come back after they lose it you know you lose it you come back and and that's no slight to Clayton Kershaw but the the reason that I chose Verlander one uh the body of work in you know over 13 long seasons um, or, or some somewhere near 13. And another one, the, the postseason success, his ERA is a 3.14 in the postseason. One, you know, that's that's a good postseason ERA. Clayton Kershaw's is like a 4.3, so that gives uh, Verlander the edge. And then also the ring count. Uh, Verlander won one in Houston. Kershaw's been to two now with the Dodgers and lost both of them. And not that he's lost both of them, but he hasn't looked good in the World yeah. Series. Never. The, and, and Verlander's been to three. Yeah, he lost his first two, but those were with those Tigers teams, and they probably should have won one, but it it really wasn't by any of his doing. You know, not to mention now he has two no-hitters in his career as well, and he was about to throw another one, but then he fed a fastball right to Jose Abreu. To Jose Abreu, yeah. Moon. I mean – you went over – that was a rant, first of all. It was a good yeah. rant, but that was a rant. You went over your fantasy team, and let's just be honest, dude. Between me and you, we are hot fucking garbage this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We are yeah, so bad, and it's, it's bad. such a shame. No, I don't know what happened. But such a shame. That's not, really, that's not really the topic of conversation. <laughs> I like Justin Verlander as the greatest pitcher of our generation, but generationally, I'm going to go for the past 15 years – and what shocked me on the Twitter poll is not that uh, Max Scherzer should have won. He got 10% of the vote. 
Kershaw got 45, Verlander got something like 30, and then the others were the other was more than what Max Scherzer got, which yeah. is unbelievable to me because the body of work that this guy has put up in he's the only pitcher, one of the only pitchers in MLB history to win a Cy Young in the AL and the NL. He's done it in both leagues. He has consistently led the MLB in strikeouts for years and years. He gets wins. His ERA is probably a little bit worse than the both of them, and that's probably why people see him as a little bit off the two of them. But still, I, I mean, this guy, I didn't like that nobody voted for him because I don't think I think he deserves more credit than he's given. I still go with Clayton Kershaw, though, as the greatest pitcher of our generation. But we won't know this for another five years because you talked about Verlander reinventing himself. Kershaw has to do that right now. Yeah, he's he's in the stretch that Verlander was in a couple years ago, three, four years ago, where he fell off. He was still a decent pitcher, but he wasn't the pitcher that we all know him to be. Kershaw has lost maybe three, four miles an hour on his fastball. He's throwing yeah. 90, 91 now. He used to throw 93, 94. And the, the, the biggest thing is he's just not the same pitcher that he used to be. So he has to figure out how to pitch with his with his new stuff. But I I still like this guy as the uh, probably three years ago we would have called him the greatest pitcher of all time if yeah. he would have continued the way that he was. So I think that he deserves the chance to develop his new way of pitching before we call Verlander the greatest pitcher of our generation. As of right now, it might be Verlander, but it, it's going to be really interesting to see Kershaw go forward, I think. Also, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, go. CC Sabathia is just an honorable mention. I, yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but in the other, he is one of the short list of names that I would have put in that category. Now, let me just, we're going to rewind a minute because when, when we had our discussion of our pitching staffs, our top five pitching staffs we put together, I took CC Sabathia and everyone laughed at me and said, oh, he's not great. He's not one of the best, you know, 25 pitchers of all time, whatever it was. And I got laughed at. I, I am a CC Sabathia supporter. That and he's not on the level of the Kershaws and the, no, you know, the not Scherzer's even close but, anymore. But he's another guy who he didn't have his greatest, uh, you know, ability the last few years, and he's carved out a decent, uh, you know, niche in the Yankees rotation. He's been a, a solid contributor. I mean, he's not the ace dominant pitcher that he was, but who I mean, who at age thirty eight is, except for honestly Justin Verlander, who's thirty six, but. Going back to your point about Kershaw, I I definitely don't think the book is closed on Verlander being better than him just because Kershaw is, what, 29, 30 years old? You know, yeah, he's got he's another 30 this year. He's yeah, got exactly. another 10 years if he really wants it. Yeah, exactly. So it, there's it's definitely not cut and dry Verlander's better. But to me, right now, if we're, you know, if both of their careers ended today, I'm taking Justin Verlander. And that's just, that's the way I, you know, thought of the argument. And what's crazy is people always say Kershaw won the MVP and the Cy Young. Justin Verlander did that too. And in the AL. In, in the, the AL, AL I think it's harder. Where there is a DH. Yes. Yeah. So there, there is something to be said there. These two, I think that, again, so we're cutting out Scherzer, even though he's done it in both leagues. I just don't think, for whatever reason, that I see him on the same level as both Verlander and Kershaw long term. Maybe right, maybe last year or two years ago, I would take him over anybody. But long term, for their entire careers, I put those two above Max Scherzer. I agree, and and it's not a slight to Scherzer. He's he is the number three of our generation, I think. But 
or I, and by our generation, I mean, you know, about post 2005, somewhere right. around there. But I mean, you really couldn't go wrong picking any of them. You could even probably throw Chris Sale, like Zach Granke in there, the two guys who have been around. But yeah. it, uh, to Fernandio me, definitely with me. yeah, it's Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer, and, and there's minimal separation between them. But again, it comes down to that ring that Verlander's got on his finger and that postseason success. I yeah. want that on my team. And again, Kershaw's only 30. It's not even going to be... I think he's going to be good in the regular season for his entire life. He will yeah. never have an above 3-5, in, in yeah. my opinion, yeah. for an entire season. It's about how he pitches in the playoffs. That's the only thing that he has yet to prove. Everybody yeah. else, whether it be Scherzer, who hasn't had a lot of playoff experience, but in Detroit, he pitched fine in the playoffs. Absolutely. In Washington, he's pitched okay. He hasn't pitched great, but he's pitched pretty good. Better yeah. than Kershaw has pitched. Kershaw is 30 years old. The second half of his career is going to be all about his success in the postseason. And because he's on the Dodgers, who are perennially in the playoffs, he's going to get that opportunity. Right, right. I mean, and, and Kershaw's had teams around him that should have won World Series. Like, that, yeah, there's no absolutely. denying that. And it's it's part it's partly his fault, but we're gonna we're gonna move on. It was it's a good conversation to have. It's another it's a conversation that we will continuously have throughout the next couple of years, whether it be on this show or in public. I I, I just think that's an interesting conversation to have. Joe, hear me out on this transition. We're gonna go out with the old and in with the new. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, it's the newbies. Yeah. Yep. The rookie the rookie of the year talk is finally here. We did this around the same time last year when Juan Solo was catching fire along Acuna. with Kuna and all the others. And Labor. we have rookies galore right now. And they are in April, post-April, April 20th, 25th, somewhere around there is where the rookies come up. And we're about a month out from that. So we've really seen how these rookies are starting to do, starting to develop and how they're going to fare in the major leagues. And we have some guys that are studs. Yeah, absolute bona fide studs. studs. I guess I'll start in the NL. I think that that's a that's a fair place to start because Absolutely. Pete Alonso has 16 home runs, 16 home runs. He's batting 265, which is okay, not great. Yeah. But the 16 home runs, the power that this guy has shown as a 24 year old rookie is nothing like we've seen since Aaron Judge came up. Yeah, he is hitting the ball so far too. The, his home runs are majestic. I, I've never seen any anyone hit home runs as high and as far as he does, besides maybe Judge and Stan and a couple others. I love Pete Alonso. I think that he might be the next David Wright for the Mets. God knows we need it more than anything in the world. I hope that um, he's better defensively too than people said he was. So Pete Alonso's there. He's going to be in the conversation. I know that I know who you're going to say in the conversation next because he had some beef with Pete Alonso about a week and a half ago. But I I actually don't know who you're talking about. But oh, I'm, I'm going to go, and this is this pains me to say, but there's like four different pitchers that I could pick on the Braves that would be a very good argument. But Soroka, dude, that guy has been yeah. phenomenal. Phenomenal. And and we knew that the Braves had a loaded farm system. We knew they had all these pitchers and even the hitters. You, you could throw it Austin Riley, but he's only been up for a few weeks, maybe a week or so. So we don't want to get, you know, be a prisoner of the moment, get too high on him yet. But Soroka has an ERA under one. And Unbelievable. He, he has been the ace of the Braves. 
and and that's not to say that he's going to be the ace continuing going forward, but I mean, there, it, it's getting hard to you know debate that he isn't the best or one of the best young pitchers in the MLB because you're, you're seeing it night after night. He has been freaking amazing, and it, it's it's a wonderful thing that the Braves because they we said going into this year, what are the Braves doing? They need a pitcher, you know. They, they, they signed Dallas Keuchel, they, they you know, and you know. now. And now they have, and not to mention Max Fried, Freed. That I mean, those they have two young studs who are just just touching the precipice of what they can be. They're not even they're scratching the surface of how great they can be. It's scary thinking, you know, going forward that the Braves have a legitimate farm system and an MLB team that's ready to compete. If not for a World Series this year, then within the next three years. Yeah, I agree. And the guy I was talking about wasn't either of those two. Soroka, in my opinion, is probably number one right now in the Rookie of the Year conversation. I was talking about Chris Paddock, who did not win Rookie of the Month and was very upset about it. Pete Alonso won Rookie of the Month in the NL, and he threw a fit. He he went uh, on—he went— answered a lot of questions and he basically said I should have won it I, I don't know how I didn't win it this guy did not deserve it and I deserved it and there was beef there was a lot of beef and he struck out that. he struck out Pete Alonzo he pumped his fist Pete Alonzo the next night hit a bomb in the left field flipped the bat looked at Paddock it, 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 that's the best baseball that's yeah, the baseball absolutely. That we trade. absolutely so I, I, I loved that Paddock is a very good pitcher in yeah. from the eighth round too yeah. From the Marlins organization. And let me real quick, I don't want to get too off topic, but the Marlins rotation and their team in general could have been unbelievable oh my had God, they stuck yeah. to what to what their plan was at the original offset of a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Luis Castillo, yep. Scaffolini, Paddock, uh Jose Fernandez. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Jose. I mean, but, they, but, but you have Yelich, Ozuna, Stanton, Real Muto, even like Hetcheveria. They had D. Gordon. Yeah, like they, I said Yelich. He was the first name. Don't worry, don't worry. I got him in there. But um, no, no, yeah. It just it just shows the incompetence on the side of the Marlins that you you had all these guys and and to not have one of them now is embarrassing. It is like th- that's not acceptable. But Not getting back on topic, Chris Paddock would have been obviously the ace of that rotation. But yeah. he also looks like a bona fide ace in this league. He looks like that from the eighth round. This is not this is not very common. I mean, you have Degrom, who was a late round draft pick. But besides that, many people that were drafted were that are studs like Garrett Cole. Uh, I guess Ian aside Bauer. from Bauer too, but uh, Corey Kluber. They, those guys were all top round picks. The guys that have all, that the really good ninety-seven plus disgusting breaking stuff. Paddock was not one of those guys. He yeah. rose through the ranks of the farm system, got very good, worked very hard, and he's a good pitcher. So he's the name to look out for going forward. And I Absolutely. really, really like his stuff too. I would say those are definitely the you know one, two, and three in any of those orders. But those guys have to be the tops. And and there's more. There's more. Like again, we mentioned Austin Riley. That you know there's. Great. So many guys that come uh, up. And Keston Hyrua just came yeah, up. He already yeah. has two home runs. He Nick Sensell yep. for Cincinnati. There's another young guy coming up. I mean, there is a ton. So let's flip to the AL. And there's, you know, you got your obvious one. Uh, 
the, the yeah the the next coming of I think God I'm pretty sure is yeah, what it is might what be the is. next coming of Jesus Christ but like, we don't really know this is uh, this is the problem I love Vlad Jr I think everybody does but that pisses me off that everybody loves him. yeah it's like, like let me love him yeah no I, one I, else. Just, I want him I myself yeah you know? no I totally but, agree all right he is probably the front runner and also going back to Anna for a second Fernando Tatis Jr who's been hurt is oh, yeah. right in that conversation with the rest True. of them. If he didn't True. get hurt, he probably would have been still in that conversation with the rest of them, but he's coming back soon. But on the AL side, there's two guys that are at the top right now, and it's still early. You know, we saw uh, Eloy Jimenez hit two home runs last night. He could get in the conversation eventually. But very, right very now, true. it's Vlad Jr. and Michael Chavis. Yeah. Easily. And Michael Chavis came out of nowhere. He was a top-round pick. He was a first-round pick about four or five years ago. But many people don't know that he was suspended. He had a PED suspension for 80 games in 2017. Absolutely. That almost destroyed his career. He said I, he said to himself that I don't know if I'm coming back. And for a first-round pick to say that after that is crazy, but legitimate. You don't want to miss half of a season, and he probably fell way down in the ranks of prospects. And it's yeah. nice to see that he recovered because he's tearing the cover off the ball right now. He just won the game last night. I mean, he's also exactly what the Red Sox needed. We saw them sputter out of the gate, like fall completely on their face. Nothing, you know, went from 108 wins. It didn't look like they were going to win 50. You know what I mean? Like it was, they looked awful. And then he came up, you know, it, 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 the the wheel started to turn. He was hitting bombs left and right. He, and, and the worst part is he's probably had about seven home runs that have just gone foul by about 10 feet. So yeah. you're looking at, what does he have, nine home runs, something like that? Yep. He could easily have 13 or 14 if he just waits back on that ball and hits it the, you know, in the, in the field of play instead of just outside. Because he's hitting 400-foot home runs that are foul. And that's, that's when you know a guy's locked in. He can hit. And he's a second baseman. He's playing the second. Ne- the next coming of Dustin Pedroia. No, he is, he's better he's, than Pedroia. Well, I, I mean, no, I, I, no mean, I mean, yeah, like power-wise, power-wise. Oh, of course, right now. And yeah, power-wise he is. But I mean, Pedroia's career is probably over, unfortunately. Yeah. He, yeah. he continuously gets hurt. We've, we saw it with David Wright. We've seen it with a lot of people. Um, it's probably Chavis's position now going forward for a long time, a long time. And I uh, feel bad for Pedroia, but, you know, it happens. It's baseball. You got to move on. You got his but MVP. Those got two three rings. Yeah, I think I think he'll be fine living in yeah. fucking ten million dollar home wherever he lives. But yeah, um, so those two are the top going forward. I love watching the rookies. So do you? I know everybody does. Uh, the game's in good hands right now. Yeah, with the young guys. Future's bright. It, it really is. Um, but we're gonna move on, and I do have a surprise segment for you that I didn't really think about until we were recording. But we need to talk about it because I have a specific guy. I'm gonna call it the graveyard segment. Oh, who are we digging a grave for? Whose career? It remind me because I thought of Dustin Pedroia. Whose career is over? Who is a like a very good superstar player that you see, or even a good player that you see their career going in a tumble from now? You don't uh, see recovering. We're we're this is uh this is a tough one, but I think I'm gonna uh, send Joey Votto to the morgue. Oh, that was my pick. But yeah, yeah that, that's, I think, uh, yeah. I think we got to send Joey Votto to the morgue. I mean, that, and, and who knows? He's had bad halves. He's bad, you know. But the thing I'm worried about with him is he's just going to retire. Because he said <laughs> when he does badly, he was like, whenever I'm a shitty baseball player, I'm just going to fucking leave. So 
So, like, when are you going to leave, Joey? Because I don't really want you to. Like, I like what the Reds are doing, and I feel like even if he hits 260, he's useful because his defense is good. He's got a sharp mind. Like, but, yeah, no, we're putting him in the, we're putting him in the boneyard. <laughs> he's how gone. Much, how much of a moron do I look like putting Joey Votto as number five of my top five players at the beginning of this season. Oh yeah. Just, just yeah. an asshole, just an idiot. Yeah. But regardless, it doesn't look like the same Joey Votto. He's got four home runs and eight RBIs through two months of the season. He's batting 200. This is not the Joey Votto we know. This is not the Joey Votto that we're going to see for a very long time. Cause like you said, he's going to retire if, if he keeps playing like this. Right. And the, the first thing, the first name that came to my mind after Votto was Miggy. But, the thing about Miggy is he's not doing that badly. He's hitting no. like 270. He's not hitting, he's hitting extra, 290. 290, exactly. But he's not hitting extra base hits. That's the yeah. one problem. But if he can get singles, I mean, there's there's use in that. You can get a, you get him on base every, you know, three or four times out of 10. You're going to take that. Him in the middle of your lineup is still an imposing figure. Whereas Joey Votto, it seems like, is kind of the opposite. A guy who we thought would be kind of like that. Just a guy who hits, can hit singles his entire career. And he's losing that. Yeah. Uh, Miggy has one home run. I think 18 RBIs. He's batting 290. I don't really know how to gauge Cabrera. Because first of all. He's never struggled to hit for power. At yeah. any point in his career. And But he's not doing bad. He really isn't. If no, he hit, I think this hitter that we see right now could last in the major leagues another five years. And you know Cabrera loves playing. So he's going to play as long as he can. He's the exact opposite of Joey Votto. Um, But he can be productive, but they're paying him a lot of money to do more than hit one home run. Wait, can I I flip the script on you here? Because we're we're going graveyard. Can we do a resurrection? Because I know one. Hunter Pence. Hunter yes. Pence has what is come going on with back. Pence? He's hitting like 330. He's literally I, back to 2012 when he was the best player on the Giants or one of the best players on the Giants. It's unbelievable how he's flipped the script. He went to Texas and he became a stud. Like, who knew? It's unbelievable. You know, this, you know what this made me think of? Besides... Pablo Sandoval, who can only hit as a giant for whatever mm-hmm. stupid reason. Yeah. I feel like the Giants kill careers. I don't know why. Seen, look at Longoria. Where the yeah. hell did he go? He was a great player before he went there. Mark Melanson. Uh, there's a there's a punch, dude. Yeah. Brandon Belt is not the same player that he was. Brandon Crawford was a top shortstop five years ago. A yeah. top shortstop in this league. He He's is only 32, off the face 31. He's not even that old. I, but where is he? He, he hit 220, and he, his fielding has gotten worse. Buster Posey? Joe he Panic. Was, he was, what is going on yeah. in San Francisco? All right, listen, I love Bruce Bochy. I think he's one of the greatest managers of all time. He's got to go. And he is going. Last year, yeah. year. So he, he, it's, it's good that he's on his way out because he is something is going on in San Francisco that could not be fixed. I yeah. still need to make my, uh, my graveyard pick, and I am finally digging a hole for you on a cesspit Oh, it's time. It's time to die. Please just do what David Wright did. Take, take, just take the hit. Yeah. Give us some money back. Please, God, give us some money back. <laughs> I'm saying this. This was going to be my one minute, but I guess it's it, it's it's pretty relevant information. Cespedes um, injured himself again 
over the weekend, uh, over the last couple of days. Hilarious way. He was on his ranch. I guess he has a ranch. He thinks he's a cowboy. Um, and he was walking, and he twisted his ankle, and he fractured like four bones in his foot doing that. Both ankles. What? Yeah, he broke what? both How ankles. He just got he just got heel surgery, so to make his feet stronger, but he can't walk. Yeah. <laughs> what? How, How does that even him? happen? What? How much are they paying him? They're, oh, don't ask that. Okay. They're paying him a lot. <laughs> Talk about it. Um, but his career is probably over. His year is definitely over. That's for sure. Oh. And I have, I, I do have a little bit of a, a story. One of one of my friends from college, uh, he called Mike Francesa. And and listen, I love when people mess with Mike Francesa. It is probably one of the most joyous things on the face of the earth. He called Francesa and he was talking about this and uh, he informed him and Francesa got mad. He was like, I don't know how this happens. Like, I don't know how you fall and, or do something. And uh, he was he, the caller. My friend was like, yeah, he was on a horse and this happened. And obviously Francesa got mad. And my friend was like, yeah, so uh, what do you think is going to happen to the horse? You think they're going to shoot him in the head or something? And <laughs> Francis hung up the phone. And he was like, oh, you, you think that's funny treating animals badly because of something. <laughs> and later on SNY, Sportsnet New York, the Mets broadcasting system, <laughs> they had to release a report that said on <laughs> – uh, not from what a caller said. They, they were talking about his call, and they said – Basically, whatever this caller said was not true. He was not on a horse. There was no horse involved. And my friend was literally watching the show, and they were talking about his call. That's that was so messing good. with my friend Sessa. It was hilarious. Oh, that's but awesome. Oh, that's awesome. It, it is what it is. But uh, let's let's go. This let's go to our last rails. segment. <laughs> it, yeah, it always goes. When the fuck does it not go off the rails? Every I love time it. We Show the last time we did a show, we started we started talking about turning double plays. <laughs> what? That's How the hell did you get involved in that? I, what? Anyways, oh boy, spotlight time. We're shining the spotlight on the best team in baseball right now, out of fucking nowhere, the Minnesota Twins, which are they are thirty two and sixteen. They are the top team in AL Central, the top team in Major League Baseball, and where the hell did this come from? I, I mean, I have no idea. I think it came from, uh, you know, two years ago we saw it. We saw the beginning of it. But last year was a terrible year, and I, I don't, I don't know what happened in between last year to this year. I, they added Nelson Cruz, but he's been hurt for a decent amount of the year. He hasn't, he hasn't done that much. The resurrection of Jake Ordozzi's career has helped. That's for sure. He's got a two three eight ERA. And the leaders in ERA in the major leagues right now are stupid. They are so, so dumb. Bad. The names, the names on this list. I'm just gonna read it off for this. I've memorized it. Hinjin Ryu, Zach Davies, Luis Castillo, Jake Ordozzi. Where, where does this come from? How the hell did this happen? I know you would think. I mean, it, you would think that you're seeing. Well, Verlander's in there too. He's in that discussion, but. Um, you would think it'd be your Kershaw, Scherzer, DeGrom. No, none of those guys are even close. None of those guys are nope. even close. So it's it's really, really, really confusing. 
this whole season's been kind of backwards where we've seen guys who we didn't think were good or we didn't think were the best pitchers in the game pitching like they are dominant. And, and it's, it shows how unpredictable baseball is and how awesome the sport is because you don't know from year to year what's going to happen. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really been crazy. And again, now Miguel Sano is back. He's starting to hit again. Yep. They have Eddie Rosario, who has, I think, 13 home runs already. He's not hitting well for average. But Buxton's heating up. Byron Buxton, it is about damn time. He's finally playing like the player that was a top prospect at one point. Yeah. These guys, had, they every position they are getting production out of. C.J. Crone at first base has they, 13 home runs. Uh, Jorge Polanco has got eight. I was just looking at him this morning. He's, got, he's batting 334, eight home runs, like 24 RBIs, 30 runs scored. The guy's been... I mean, they, they've gotten contributions from good players that we didn't think were going to move the needle that much, and they are pushing them to the fucking postseason. I mean, it's Joe, early, but... Joe, Joe Maurer is sitting at home right now and just kicking himself in the head. How, how did he not see this guy? He played one more year. He should have just taken as, a, like, a coach, just a coaching job. Just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll just be on the bench. Like, let me just... Don't even pay me. I mean, so he probably he probably waited ten plus years to have a team this good, and the year that he leaves, they finally get good. Yeah, right. And it's it's, it's just it's just stupid. This is why this is why baseball is surprising this much to you. This is why both of our teams suck in fantasy baseball, this because when you have Jake Ordozzi, Martin Perez, and Kyle Gibson pitching profoundly well, you can't expect that to happen at the beginning of the year. And you have uh, Jose Barrios, who's another guy that is a, a legit, and he we knew he was a stud. We knew he's he nice. was good, yeah. and and he's just he's doing what you'd expect him to do. But the guys around him, even Michael Pineda, has been really good. Like the Minnesota is is a team that I don't know if they'll keep it up because you know there's a lot. It's a long season, and we saw the Mariners kind of do this last year where they got hot early and then they kind of fell off. But it's the there's a chance that the the Twins ha- have a legitimate uh, chance to win either the AL Central. Who knows? Maybe they win a playoff series or two. I mean, you never know. I mean, the th- and the thing is, well, that's the thing. That's why uh, the Indians were such an interesting team for so long is because you win a playoff series in that division, which was before this year, just awful. You mm-hmm. never know. Yeah, so exactly. I- the the biggest thing for me was that we first of all we just named all five people in rotation. If you would have told me to do that at the beginning of the year, I probably wouldn't have done it. I probably no. wouldn't have known how to do it. And yeah. now we know them all well, and they're all pitching well. Every single one of them has pitched better than expected, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. The rest of the central looks weak. Your Indians do not look very good. No, Lindor looks like he's finally starting to heat up, but Jose Ramirez is it's just a shell of himself. A shell of I don't even, awful. I don't even know how that happens. I really don't. He's batting almost I, 200 points lower than he did last year. And he's under the Mendoza line right now. I mean, he, he's literally hitting under 200. And this is, but the but the weird thing about Jose is, he's hitting like 290 with runners in scoring position. So he's not getting his. He has the lowest batting average in the MLB with the bases empty. And the Indians only have the bases empty because they don't fucking yeah. hit. So, <laughs> they don't do anything else. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, no, they, they've they also pitch well. They, they pitch all right. 
at least. They've also dealt with their, their set of injuries, too. I mean, Kluber's yeah. on the shelf. Uh, Bauer's Clevenger. been on the shelf a couple times. Clevenger's on the shelf for a while. And Pluko just made his first start. He's making no start today. He just made his first start last week. Who, yeah. again, if you would have told me that that guy is, you know, the three in their rotation, I would have told you, yeah, there's problems right now. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's not... That's the that's the interesting part about the Twins is if the Indians keep doing this, no matter how much the Twins fall off, it's the AL Central. You yeah. don't know if it's going to be enough to if they fall off enough, they still might win the division. Yeah, exactly. No, and and there's also the I mean you're getting the Royals at 18 times, you're getting the Tigers 18 times, you're getting the White Sox 18 times. That that's right there is enough games for you to make up. You know you can slide a little bit. And still be able to win games because you're going against such bad competition. It's it, it's unprecedented, but that's why we wanted to spotlight the Twins because that AL Central is always a topic of discussion. And regardless of how bad it is, they have the best record in baseball as of May 23rd. Nobody in the world thinks it's going to last. I, I would bet my life savings that that would not last. But. It doesn't have to last. They could still win that division by winning 85, 87 games, yeah. somewhere around there. That's what the like, Indians did last year. So yeah. it's not out of the question, but no that, doubt. That's that. And Nelson Cruz is coming back this weekend, too. But that's that. That's our spotlight for this weekend. That's really our show for this weekend. we got to do our one minutes, of course. But um, you know, we hope you like the show this weekend. Mark, you want to start, start us off? No, with give it to Jake. Give it to Jake. He looks All right, Jake looks up. eager to do it, so we're going to give it to Jake. <laughs> All right, so my one-minute opinion, really, is going to go to the Blues. Uh, it's what I've been thinking about for the past, uh, you know, two months here, and I really just want the Blues to go out and win a Stanley Cup. Like, Cubs fans know about droughts, and the Blues are one of the most notorious teams for having a drought. And uh, they're going out to play Boston, and that's a, it's a big series for them because that was the last time they were in the, the Stanley Cup. So uh, I just got to say to the listeners out there, if, you're not going to follow uh, Boston, cheer for the Blues, because you don't want to cheer for Boston. Never a good idea to cheer for the city that wins all of the championships. <laughs> <laughs> that logic might be flawed, but I do agree with you. <laughs> no, let's go Blues, though. I'm all on that. I'm all on the Blues bandwagon. Let's go. Mark, you got anything you want, you want to go? You want to me? All right. I mean, this has been clouding my mind, and because Twitter's been losing it over it, and I, I – I, Oh, you're going to take my one minute. Go ahead. Uh, I, we can do it together, Joe. Um, uh, the Game of Thrones finale, like, it was... Fuck it. It was, oh, like, it was okay. It was okay. I don't... I'm not one of the haters that's going to say it was the worst thing ever. The writers should fucking kill themselves, whatever. But, like, you had two years to come up with something a little bit more satisfying. And, and grant, granted... All the visual effects and all, all the, you know, everything you saw was fucking yeah, wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. Like, you know, that's for TV, that's, it's never been done before like that. It's never, ever, probably never will be again, at least for the next, you know, whatever, how many years. But the, the lack of continuity between one season to the next was just brutal. Like, there were so many things that were left unfulfilled and un uh, like it, there were so many storylines that unraveled, and it was just so sobering to to realize that this show went from perfection to yep. to 
mediocrity, I would say. Yep. I, I won't say because it wasn't bad. I don't think if you're calling Game of Thrones season bad, you're wrong. It just wasn't near up to the standards that I had. Here's my. here's my thing. And I'm, I'm also going to use my one minute to talk about Game of Thrones because it has basically been all I've been thinking about for the past two weeks. The first part of that, first of all, I was with them for the entire last season until the last episode. I didn't mind any any of the directions that they were going because I trusted them. I trusted right. that they were going to do. I agree. They were going to have a good ending. Even turning Daenerys bad could have worked if John would have sat on the throne, in my opinion, or anybody besides fucking Bran would have sat on the throne, in my opinion. I I liked some of the endings that happened. I liked that uh, Arya went west to sail for Better Land. That was cool. I liked that the North became an independent nation. That was that was okay. I didn't hate that. So I liked the mini endings. I liked that Brienne wrote that thing about Jamie. Um, I, I didn't mind any of that. What they did to John, who was the true heir of the Iron Throne. I don't care if it was destroyed. The Targaryens built uh, the Seven Kingdoms. They were supposed to restore the Seven Kingdoms. I don't care if Daenerys turned into a, a mad queen or anything along those lines. To send him back to the Night's Watch is so profoundly stupid and dumb. In my opinion, that ruined a lot. And I this is my favorite show of all time. That ruined so much for me. I absolutely hated it. And don't get me wrong, there again, there were some good good parts, but I fucking hated that, dude. I will never ever forgive the writers for one putting Bran on the throne. Because everything that happened in, in this last season, family lineage, which was like the biggest thing in Game of Thrones, meant absolutely nothing when they did that. Nothing. But I, I can go on a rant for literally. Yeah, it was, it, it like, was disappointing. Disappointing. It is what it is. Um, it's a baseball show. We don't have to get into Game of Thrones that much. But <laughs> no, that, was but one minute. that was both of our one minutes. We just talked about Game of Thrones for five minutes. But uh, like it. and subscribe. Uh, on iTunes for us, uh, we have Twitter too at Caught Looking Pod with no G. Instagram, same name. Uh, leave us some DMs. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get away from the voicemail line because we've had a couple issues. But I mean, if you if you really want to leave a voicemail, we will figure it out. It's two zero three nine three six nine one six five. That's two zero three nine three six nine one six five. Again, our DMs are open. We'll be doing voicemails next show and DMs. So stay with us and don't get caught looking. <laughs> I started out with plenty of nothing at all I got stuck in the thick mud The flash flood, punk rock, and the alcohol I was raised on a rerun I was bored to death, so I started a band Cut my teeth on a safety dance My attention span never stood a chance It's too late Can you forgive me now? You can never kill me
are the only kind I know I was left on the doorstep I was scared to death with nowhere to go Cut myself on the neighbor's fence that I hopped 